Welcome, everybody, to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, a.k.a. The Ark. I was almost floating down my street over here in West Houston. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. It was all kinds of nasty this afternoon. Hopefully, you guys are safe. Hopefully, you're not stuck in your car somewhere because Houston weather is back and back with a vengeance. Something also is back with a vengeance, and we'll get to that. In just a little bit, we got plenty to talk to and to join me to talk about all of it is my man, the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. Mark, how are you doing? Have you recovered from the weekend? Swimming along, Johnny. Very nice indeed. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, you're right about the weather. It's crazy. It'll never stop raining ever, although it broke this afternoon uh, for how long? I don't know. Uh, I was driving around doing something uh, to go do a medical thing today. Nothing serious. But... uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely nasty out there. It was, and hopefully that'll be it for a while. Who knows? It's Houston. You're right. Expect anything. I always think of this. Memorial Day flood, so you know that around this time of year, yep. you get some nasty oh. rain. Tax yeah. day flood earlier, month and a half earlier. Yep. We've just experienced it. It's rainy season in Houston. It just is, yep. and we got to just deal with it. And then you have hurricane season to back it up. Because if the rain wasn't enough, now you have the hurricane prospect looming out there. So let's just be ready for anything. I mean, I mentioned this on Friday, the Lake Charles area, kind of the oh, yeah. bottom part of the L, Louisiana, the boot. Man, after a couple hurricanes in the fall, and then they got pounded from Beaumont going Ooh. that direction, got pounded this weekend. It was unbelievable to see the rain. And hopefully, everybody there, I know we got a lot of Texans fans in the area. Sure, there are a lot of Saints fans. There's still a lot of Texans fans there as well. So hopefully, everybody came out of there safe and sound. Mark, we're going to do either or in the next segment and there was some interesting things that not just on the floor on the court or whatever this weekend but a few others i was thinking about i think this is a good either or we'll say that for the next segment all right but i heard this this weekend and i sort of felt it kind of and i felt it watching through the tv that this felt like a sports weekend that was so normal that it was glorious. Yeah. You had Phil winning at the PGA. You had the Nixon Heat and or I'm sorry, Nixon Hawks playing in a playoff game that was just phenomenal. And the the people back in Madison Square Garden, I hate the Knicks with every ounce of my being, but it was such an incredible atmosphere. I couldn't turn the game off. I couldn't have cared less about those two teams, but just watching in that atmosphere was unbelievable. Baseball games, watched them throughout the weekend. I was watching uh, softball regionals and uh, college baseball, and there were full crowds. And obviously it culminated with what Phil did at Kiowa and then the people storming the green. Mm. Just your overall feeling about that before we get into some Texan stuff. Your thoughts about the weekend and seeing fans out and about acting normal is this the weekend that it sort of changed hopefully in the sports world yeah i think it did johnny look it gets me excited about nrg stadium this fall we can all be together again experience game day together and all that because yesterday saturday you saw glimpses of that and you mentioned madison square garden look i don't root for the knicks either but i grew up in the new york area so the garden was my place to go to the circus as a kid 
and yeah. whatever other events I saw on the closed circuit TV back in the early 70s, World Cup games between the Netherlands and Brazil and the Netherlands <laughs> and West Germany, uh, that huge World Cup. My mom wasn't even a sports fan, but she knew enough to take me because she said this is bigger than sports. This is everything uh, yeah. to, to somebody from the Netherlands. So that was really cool. And I saw Led Zeppelin in that building. But Johnny calling games at Madison Square Garden, and I did a few Big East games there. Uh, was really a thrill and and it's the mecca of basketball they call it and all of that and we can debate whether it should be or is or not but there's something about it there's something about walking through the streets of manhattan then right off the street you have this incredible atmosphere of basketball uh the old nit used to take place there when the nit was actually bigger than the ncaa tournament and i just think that the knicks back in action and relevant again and i know they lost uh but that crowd was phenomenal and then later on that evening when you get phil and winning the pga championship like that it was happy gilmore meets bagger vance meets <laughs> 2021 i mean here yeah. we had a crowd that was so happy to be out there and i bring up the bagger vance because we've all seen it a hundred times if you watch the golf channel they show yeah. it every other hour when there's another event on and you know you're on the same coast because that's georgia and this is south carolina and it just felt like that and it's getting not darker but you know later in the day it just it felt so good and i know a lot of people don't root for phil i kind of do but i just thought the moment was great so moment at the garden moment with the pga championship all of it was really terrific and i'm so glad we all got to um, have a weekend like that because it gets me fired up for football can you imagine we're going to have crowds again and it's going to be electric you know it was interesting watching some of the highlights and and just of, of everything anything that i missed and watching the crowd and the crowds and and thinking about that's that's one of the ways I can figure out as I'm watching games like, oh, that's a that's a game from 2020. Oh, you know, that's a highlight from you know 2019. How do I know? Because the crowd is there. How do I know that's not a game of 2020? Well, because the crowd isn't there, you know, that kind of thing. And it just was it, it was strange, but it almost felt like at the PGA. I, and I don't know, may, maybe if Brooks Keptico won it again or if somebody else. You know, maybe Louis Oosthuizen, who was kind of hanging around for a little while, maybe if he made a little bit of a run, yeah, it would have been cool. But it almost felt like Phil winning that tournament and the way the fans reacted, it was almost like this, not only this huge outpouring for him, but almost for everybody. Like, you know what? Bleep it. It's over. Mm -hmm. Phil won this. We're going to go celebrate. We're going to have this just gigantic moment and we're going to share with them. Let's go. And it was just, I don't know, it, it felt different from any sporting event that I've seen. And maybe it was just because people were just kind of letting it all out. Like, you know what? We've been cooped up for so long. We've not been able to see our events. We haven't been able to see Phil. You know what? This is the oldest man to ever win a major. You know, we're going to go celebrate with him and just have a time. And that's kind of the way it felt. And, I, you know, poor old Brooks Kepka's trying to get through there with a bad knee. Um, and you know, fans are banging into him, but it was really, I, I don't even know the right word to use the right adjective to use for it, but it was almost sort of cathartic, exciting, and a little unnerving Fencing. in some sense, as Phil said, to kind of watch that whole thing go. 
Yeah. And look, they're, they're used to no crowds now. I mean, after yeah. a whole year of it. Right. And then you yeah. have the exact opposite because I've never seen anything like that before where it was that crazy and they had no control of this crowd. None. And None. Kepka, I did feel bad for him in that sense. You look, the tournament was already over once Phil hits the approach shot on 18. Yeah. I mean, and pretty much the drive did it for him anyway. Uh, you know, you, you thought about wing foot and it's always possible with Phil and you never, he could always pull a Jean Vandeveld. It's in the bag for Phil, right? So to speak. But with Kepka, I thought if anybody complains about this, come on, this is great for the sport of golf, which needed that badly. Yes. And great for sports, which needed that badly. Yes. So it's all good. And somebody once said, and I forget who it was, an athlete said, you know, they love you when you're young. When you get to be the middle age in your athlete career, eh, you know, it can be hot or cold. And when yeah. you're old, they love you again. Like now, I like Tom Brady now that he's in the NFC and he's old <laughs> and it doesn't like affect him. me, really. You him. like him? You no, like him now? All right. So I shouldn't say like I kind okay. of I pulled for him last year. You know, he's all, he's up against Breeze. He's up against Rogers. Then he's up against Mahomes. I didn't want any of those guys to win. I wanted, I'd rather see Brady because you know what? Hey, he's already got so many and I like seeing the old guy do it. Now, if you still played for the Patriots, Johnny, I would be pulling okay. against yeah. them like nobody's yeah. business. Okay. I'd be volunteering to do whatever I could to help them go down. But since he's in the NFC, I'm like, who cares, you know, and beat Mahomes, please. Because it's not like I don't like Patrick. I think Patrick Mahomes is pretty likable, but I don't like the chiefs and I don't want them having success because they're in the AFC. So that's it. That's a perfect way of putting it. Okay, let's get to the Texans because right. there was a piece of news. I, I don't know if it was it, it was rumored out there yesterday, but either way, it was made official today. The Texans, about, oh, I don't know, about a week after Jeff Driscoll is added to the quarterback roster, Ryan Finley is deleted from the quarterback roster. I don't even really kind of know how to think about it. I don't know if it's earth shattering, but Ryan Finley in, then out. Mark, your thoughts. All right. Well, look, uh, it, it was not a big investment to get him. I think they saved money by doing that pick swap because if they signed him as a free agent or waited, waited for him to get cut, it would have been more expensive than whatever the salary was going to be. Right. Yeah based on the pick swap. So that's why they did it at the time. We don't know why they did this. And, you know, full disclosure, I really don't know. I haven't talked to anybody about it yet. I mean, it, it's a number of things, right? It could be they didn't like what they saw in the practice field. Uh, they felt like Driscoll is an upgrade for whatever they were envisioning for Ryan Finley, a combination of both or whatever. So I just, you know, it's obviously a move they felt like they needed to make. And you, you and I were talking last week about how Driscoll looks, you know, pretty decent. Looks like this could be a, a, a pretty decent addition for them yep. for what they need depth wise. And they decided, all right, we don't need Finley. So they don't need Finley. And Johnny, you know that this time of year or training camp, however you want to look at whatever we got from now till opening day, there aren't that many reps to go around. I mean, three quarterbacks is going to fill up the amount of reps. I don't think you have four unless you're really, you know, you got one out there for developmental purposes, and maybe that is Mills, but maybe Mills looks terrific. We don't know anything. Now, yeah. we're going to get to watch a little bit of practice this week, so that'll be cool, uh, and we can gauge that a little bit more. But but really, are we going to be able to gauge a ton? Look, when we first saw Watson on the practice field at this point in OTAs, 
How did it look? Not great. Not great. You know, late May, you know, three weeks later, it looked a lot better. We all know that, you know, it it got good or better that quickly. Now, I don't know. I can't compare Mills. I mean, I'm not trying to here. I'm just saying that it's not always the best way to mark where you are (laughs) or where you're going to be anyway by where you are right now in late May. But we'll see. I I can't wait to go have a look. Yeah, I'm with you. I you know, I, I got a couple of texts uh, from some friends, some friends of ours in the media. Why, why do you think they went and got Driscoll? And I thought, I you know, look, there's a couple of things. Number one, they wanted to have another arm, maybe going to thinking about going into OTAs because they're going to be doing a lot of, you know, individual seven on seven. You know, it's a lot of throws. Maybe they want to mm-hmm. save some arms in that particular situation. You know, maybe they saw something they didn't really like or something they liked a little bit more in Driscoll than what they had seen, and maybe that's what it turned out to be, is that they saw Ryan and they saw Driscoll. Well, okay, wait a second. We want to go in with three quarterbacks. Right. We think Driscoll's further along than Finley. We're going to go to Driscoll at this point. Well, let me ask you. You're general manager. I just made you general manager, right? Okay. And you have what you have. We all know the elephant of the room story, okay? And, right. And the, the availability of such uh, is, uh, let's just say, highly questionable. <laughs> so so yes. you have what you have right now in the building, Right. Right. Yeah, you have Tyron Taylor, you have Davis Mills. You're gonna have another quarterback, right? right. You need right. another guy who can play, you know, who who has experience. You don't want to go right. with another rookie. You don't want to go, and I, I don't want to speak for you, Mr. GM, because I just made you GM, but am I right <laughs> or am I right that you want another guy who you know can has taken some snaps here and can operate in an NFL environment? No doubt. And if you would have told me ahead of time, if I would have known. Driscoll available, Finley available. I'm probably leaning towards Driscoll anyways. I mean, you and I, we, we talked about that uh, last week off the air, you and I. And we're trying to figure out you know, why they have four. I was like, well, if I have my choice, I'm taking, I'm taking Driscoll. Um, and in fact, we had a little text thread going on uh, about that once we had caught wind that Finley might be uh, on his way out. That I was like, I think Driscoll's a better quarterback anyways, if that's the way you're looking at it. And you know how I answer that question, you know, who, you know, who's better a lot of times, well, which yeah. guy would I want if that's all I've got, I've got Finley and I got Driscoll and I got to go win one game. I think I would probably trust Jeff Driscoll a little bit more than I would uh, Ryan Finley. So to me, that's, that's how I separate it. Which guy do I think gives me a better chance to win a game if I need him? Because I'm not hopefully not going to be needing that particular quarterback to go for 17 games. I just might need that quarterback to get me through a week, maybe even two. And if it's beyond that, then I've got to think of a different strategy. But going in, if I got to win one game, I'm thinking Jeff Driscoll's my guy. So that's the that's the conclusion seemingly that Nick and the staff came to. And that's where we are. Ryan Finley today released, made official by the Texans. Okay. In our next segment, it's time for either or. And Mark, we are going to compare a couple of people that we talked about in this segment. We're going to talk about a couple of people we didn't talk about in this segment. We'll talk a little college. And then I've got one of my favorite either-ors I think I've ever come up with. That's next on Texans All Access. Welcome back to this Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio mobile version, which, as I mentioned earlier, was seemingly an arc floating down my river because it was that bad over – where I reside here in the city of Houston. I am John Harris alongside Mark Vandermeer. Mark, are you ready 
for either or. It's such a simple game, and oh, yeah. yet it can be so complex. <laughs> All right, here we go. Number one, more difficult. You define difficult how you choose. Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship, the oldest major winner ever, the age of 50, or Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl with his new team at the age of 43. More Brady. difficult. Brady. Really? I, I think it's, yeah, I, look, playing quarterback at age 43 is ridiculous, Johnny. I, yeah. Look, and I, I think what Phil did is – ridiculous as well people have to understand this you look at phil you're like he looks pretty good to me and yeah he looks good he puts the time in i think he puts more work into his body now than he did 10 years ago 15 years ago clearly because 15 years ago you look at some of that video and it's like looks like he uh was missing fewer meals then you know now <laughs> he says he fasts listen to this he fasts a day and a half a week right oh now, i would imagine that's in a row by the way it's not like i hope so today three yeah. hours tomorrow i'm fast <laughs> Fasting. I'm yeah, fasting exactly. from lunch until dinner. No, he uh, clearly he looks good though, right? Doesn't yeah, he, he look does. pretty good? He looks doesn't good. look unbelievable, but for him, grading on the curve, he looks good. You know, they call him lefty, but some people jokingly call him hefty, right? Yeah. Uh, and and I just think Phil, the the focus. Look, after he hit the shot on 18 onto the green, you could they they close up on him close up that's a verb and you could see him breathing like like really taking some deep breaths like the adrenaline yeah. was pumping he's a he's a mental guy physical guy i think he's taking it all to another level and yeah he hasn't been playing great lately but he he knew it was coming he felt it coming and i think a, a, golf is a weird sport you can just all of a sudden rise up look at louis who stays and my kid was asking me about him i'm like he's won one major he's a good golfer but you know, he, he has the nerve to like show up on a Sunday like that and just potentially ruin your Sunday. Right. I'm yep. watching Phil and Kepka. Kepka's like the Terminator, I think. Right. I mean, you Seemingly. can knock him down, but he's going to get back up and he's going to make a run. But really, Kepka played more like I thought Phil would yesterday. Anyway, the point is this. I think it's more difficult to do what Brady did. Come on, you're playing quarterback in the NFL. You go to a brand new team and you win the Super Bowl. And look, as much as people rave about the Bucks defense and this and that, and all the offensive line was better than you think. And Bruce Arians, come on, Johnny, you're there. <laughs> you just show up <laughs> and you win the Super Bowl with the Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers, well, and you got to yeah. go on the road to do it. And you got to be Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. Give me a break. That's way more tough. That's crazy to win three playoff games on the road and then come back home. And then win the Super Bowl in your in your own oh, stadium. Yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous. You know what? I hate him again. I hate him again. Okay. I just realized. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This one. Oh, yeah. Got to kind of think through this one. You get to pick an adult life. Okay. Phil Mickelson <laughs> or Tiger Woods? Phil. 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 Look, Tiger has had a lot but of tiger demons. you know tiger was i mean think of 99 through I know, 2001 I know, I know. those I know. three years you were the king of I know, the world I, and i'm doing a lot of extracurricular things if i'm living tiger's life i'm paying <laughs> the price <laughs> and thanking you know my creator that my wife at the time is not a better swing or whatever because she took a swing at me with a 
what was it a sand wedge or yeah or eight iron or 54 yeah uh, i don't know what it was look all of that stuff tiger's got demons and i'm sure phil yeah. has whatever he has too and, okay. and we haven't heard as much uh i just think that maybe there's a little bit more peace for lack of a better way of putting it but i know Good. his wife's yeah. his wife's health issues big deal we we saw that up close and personal at the shell houston open right when he yep. let his doctor or her doctor carry his bag for a while and you know phil went through the arthritis recovery or remission uh, all the work he had to do to get that accomplished uh, so they both had immense challenges tiger way more success um i i you know what i picked nicholas <laughs> all right you're going mickelson I, gary I player that. i like gary player johnny okay today in one of the i don't want to use the word weird because it well it was weird shannon sharp during his live television show yep called julio jones on his personal phone mm -hmm. and then played the played it live it was all going live i have no idea if julio jones knew he was on the air live or if he was having a conversation with shannon i don't know either way julio says the famous words i'm out of there referring to atlanta mm -hmm. which then got me thinking oh boy more dangerous Julio Jones in Tennessee or Julio Jones in Indianapolis? Uh, I'm going to say Tennessee's already dangerous. Yep. And, and you know, they're a, they're a tough out, okay? They won the division. And can they get better? Sure they can, right? And everybody needs to get better. Julio with the Colts scares me more because Johnny, look, they've got Pittman and I know T Y still there and he feels like, yeah. well, Carson Wentz is here. Now we can go deep again. I'm like, all right, well, let's, you know, you got to stay healthy T Y yeah. to go deep. And, you know, I know T Y is still dangerous if he is healthy, but that's a lot to ask for T Y. And it's a lot to ask for Carson Wentz to be healthy too, by the way. But I just feel like Julio in um, Indy is a lot more dangerous. You know, the yeah. funny thing is, you know, a lot of people point to, and look, this is uh, this is no rationale here or rationalization, I should say, but they've been paying Ryan and Julio for a long time, and they got to a Super Bowl and they should have won it, right? But right. it hasn't been easy. You know, it hasn't been a guaranteed uh, recipe for success for them. They've had a Correct. lot of issues and a lot of losing seasons there with Ryan and Julio. You yeah. know, I mean, Julio was here in 2011. We were talking about the game last week with tj yates getting the start and the texans winning 17 to 10 that day they've been at it for a long time look they've had a lot of playoff appearances a lot of success you could say but a lot of seasons where they could have would have should have made the playoffs and they missed it and missed opportunities to get titles right they only got to yep. one which look give me one i'd love to get to one but my point is this it's no guarantee so just because you get Julio is no guarantee, but can he be the missing piece for somebody like that? One of those teams? Yeah, he can be one of the missing pieces. I think for Tennessee, uh, more dangerous. Well, I said more dangerous for the Colts because Tennessee is already dangerous. So yeah. if you ask me where I'd like to see him go, you know, do you load up Tennessee just to like eh, give him everything? Because 
you know, we got to make sure that the Colts are gettable. And then you take your yeah. shot at Tennessee because they're so tough to begin with. I don't know. A.J. Brown's already such a terror. And now here we go. And is he going to get better? I got a feeling he's going to get yeah. even better, Johnny. That's scary. And if you put A.J. Brown with Julio, which one do you double? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how. I don't even, you know, but in Indy, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, yeah, you'll double Pittman, but then you're going to let T.Y. go singled up. I mean, I, I don't. Oh. The catch that A.J. Brown made to set up the winning field goal against the Texans the last day of the season, right? Yeah. All right. That catch, I don't think he makes the catch the year before. I think he made it last year because he's he did. He, yeah, he did. He and did improve think, in year two, which is scary to think because I thought as a rookie yeah. he was darn – he was darn good. But you got me thinking. You mentioned something about getting to the Super Bowl. And I had this weird either-or, like – this is like a macabre sort of thing. <laughs> would you would you rather go one in sixteen or get to the Super Bowl but lose fifty one three? Get to the Super Bowl, but you know you're losing fifty one to three. I don't. I mean, I care, but get me to the Super Bowl. All right, look, all right, look. The Patriots, that's what I said too. That's what I said too. But I live. I don't know Boston, why. I don't pay- popped in my head today, just driving like. I wonder what it would be worse going one to 16 or knowing you get to the Super Bowl but lose right. it like in horrible fashion. I lived in Boston oh. when the Patriots got drilled, what was it, 45 to 10 by the 85 Bears, Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But the, the Patriots at the time were the first team to win three playoff games on the road. They beat the Jets. They beat the Raiders in L.A. when the Raiders were the Raiders, man. Mm-hmm. And then they beat the Dolphins in the Orange Bowl yep. when the Dolphins were like, I mean, they were supposed to go to the Super Bowl. They beat the Bears, right? Yeah. So that was a tremendous achievement to get there, and then they get drilled. So nationally, they'll always be remembered or forgotten or whatever as a team that got drilled by the Bears. But locally in your region, at least they appreciate the fact that you got there. And Steve Grogan's a legend, and Stanley Morgan, and Andre Tippett, some of the players on that team. Okay, we're going to stay in the division with this one. Okay. Now, the other one was adding Julio Jones to the division. So we were going to lose either way. So that stunk. But now you get to win. You get one non-quarterback duo to leave the division. Ooh. They go somewhere else. Duo. Yes. You're going to get it in a second. Choice? No, it's either or. Either Taylor Luan and Derrick Henry or... Quentin Nelson and Jonathan Taylor, which non quarterback duo do you want to see leave the division? It's a better not- offensive lineman versus a better running back, Luan and Derrick Henry, or Quentin Nelson and Jonathan Taylor? Well, considering I thought Derrick Henry should be the MVP of the league last mm-hmm. year, okay, uh, I believe that Derrick Henry and Luan being out of Tennessee would be lovely. Because I think the Colts, look, the Texans, we don't really know what we're dealing with here, right? Until we see it. I mean, the whole team, and I'm going to do this with you tomorrow. Like certain position groups are, I really like what I see on paper and I believe it's going to be good. Other position groups are, I got to see it, right? And I I believe they feel that way too. I got to see it. I think I might have it, but I got to see it. You know, and I think this whole team is, I got to see it, right? You got to see this team. You really don't know. We don't know how it's going to look. You know, it's part of the excitement of this season is like, yeah, hey, we don't know really what it's going to look like. Or, you know, maybe and I say we I mean collective Texans nation, you know, maybe the coaches are in there like we know exactly how this is. Going. 
We're going to yeah. fool everybody because we know. I don't know if they feel that way or not. But the point is this. Uh, the Colts, I think, are gettable. Anyway, the Titans, yeah, everybody's gettable. But you take Derrick Henry away, it changes the whole dynamic, right? Yeah. It changes everything. So uh, I had my whole rationale on why I thought Derrick Henry was the league MVP because I thought he's the only non-quarterback in the league where if you take away this player, this team doesn't yeah. get maybe anywhere, right? True. There's no other team you could say that about. Like you could say the Chiefs, well, they have Mahomes, MVP candidate. But if you take away any player on the Chiefs, it doesn't reduce their ability to get far in the playoffs or maybe even win a championship. For the Titans, you take away that one player, Derrick Henry, and all of a sudden they're like, are they nine and seven? This is last year. Are they nine and seven? Are they seven and nine? Right. I mean, what are they? They're not right. as good. We know that. Uh, and there aren't too many teams you can say that about regarding non-quarterbacks. That's why I thought Henry was the MVP of the league. I would have said Henry and uh, Luan as well. Luan, I think he's grown on me over the years. Some of the shenanigans I, can't, I don't really care for, but he's turned himself into a really darn good left tackle in this league. The only reason I would have said the Colts, now I wouldn't have said it over the Titans, I feel like Quentin Nelson is the soul of that Colts team. The way he plays sets the tone for that entire team. And without him, yes, I know he's a guard, I get all that, but without him, the Colts aren't the Colts. You know, I know for us, they will always be the Colts, but with him, he just adds, he's their soul. And when he is just, just breaking a guy and crushing him, it, I think they feed on that kind of stuff. And yes, Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry. Right now, it's not really a comparison, but Jonathan Taylor is a way back. We saw that in the second half he of the season. Good. Saw him twice. Yeah. But I'm with you. I would take uh, I would take Henry and Luan just because I would want Henry out. Okay. There are two quarterbacks that the Texans are facing in 2021, again, that they faced last year. However, they're both in different situations. Okay. More lethal quarterback situation facing the Texans in 2021 after facing this quarterback in 2020 Matt Stafford with the LA Rams or facing Baker Mayfield in September with OBJ back and good weather right this was a great either or I'm very proud of myself for coming up with this one which one is more dangerous Stafford with McVay and Cup and Woods in the, with the Rams or Baker Mayfield fresh out the gate on a good weather day, presumably with OBJ back on his side. You know, a lot of these national pundits are looking at the Rams with Stafford there and licking their chops and thinking this is going to be amazing, right? Mm -hmm. Then Goff just hamstrung them, limited them. He was a boat anchor on their chances to get far and do well. Once they got there, they scored three points in a Super Bowl. My goodness, how do you do that? And you have Wade Phillips' defense holding the Patriots to 13, and you can't get 14 points on the board? Oh, my gosh. You can only imagine the pain in Ram Nation. But Baker in September. Now, here's here, Chubb has a little situation, right? Uh, don't, I don't think so. Not that I know. Oh, maybe. Okay. Maybe he does. Oh, no, no, no. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's okay. He'll be okay. See, that's bad. Chubb running the ball in September. Good weather. 
and everybody healthy, really. It's weak. I mean, Baker couldn't even neither, neither could Deshaun, but neither Baker nor Sean could throw the ball at all in that game right. because the winds were so bad. But now you face him in September, and he's got OBJ back. And of course, the running game is gonna be fresh, you would think, in week two. I'm still I'm still taking uh, Stafford. I'm still taking Stafford. All right. Uh, yeah, because, I, look, I yeah. know you got him at home because it's Johnny, Stafford potentially. Yeah, but you know that that is a potentially lethal situation. If McVeigh and him look, I, I, it's kind of like the way I look at Wentz, right? Look, yeah. this thing hasn't always worked out. In fact, more often than not, it hasn't. Like Stafford, four winning seasons since 2009 when he came into the league. That's not a ton of success, right? So there right. we go. Uh, now I'm looking at you know. Mayfield saying, all right, Mayfield, as I watched him last year down the stretch, he misses some really makeable throws, but then he makes some throws that are really hard to make. Right. And they run the ball. Well, they're playing solid D and then voila, you get to the divisional round. I I still say it's Stafford though. The ceiling of Stafford is ridiculously high with the LA Rams. I mean, they get it going on D they get it going with those. With, with the running backs, I mean, and Stafford and the, all the stuff, the play action and the bootlegs that McVeigh can run. Oh, my gosh. Could that be good with Stafford? What, with if, that arm? what if what if Julio ends up with the Rams? Well, they got nothing to, to give for that, right? I, I mean, guess they not. They but, I mean, maybe. They, don't have, they can give they a 2027 20, draft pick. <laughs> That's about they all have, they've got. They got nothing. I mean, they got nothing to, like, the 30s. <laughs> the seems- 30s. Okay, I don't know how this popped up on Twitter over the weekend. I, I don't know what the genesis of it was. I just saw this retweet, and it came from a guy named Bud Elliott. He does recruiting for 24-7, recruiting stuff for 24-7. Florida State guy. Mm-hmm. And he essentially said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but pretty close, if Cam Newton had been the quarterback, University of Texas would have blown out USC in the 2006 Rose Bowl. So, who are you taking? Is Bud Elliott right? You going either VY or Cam? Who would you take? Look, I know that Cam's done better in the NFL. That is clear. But this is college we're talking about. So, we're going to go back to campus here. How many national championships did Peyton Manning win with the University of Tennessee? They finally break through the year after he leaves with T. Martin. Okay, yeah. so these things happen all the time. So right. it doesn't mean the guy sucks as an overall quarterback in his career. Cam Newton is great. We all know that or has been great. We should say it that way. Vince Young with that Longhorn team, there was magic in the air. All right. He that year was able to throw the ball a lot better than the year before. He improved yes. the, the second to last year to his final year at the 40 acres. When he beat Michigan in the Rose Bowl, he was running crazy, right? Uh, yes. Opening game, they played what Ohio State, correct? Yeah, and second game of the year. Yeah, yeah, he threw the all right, second game of the year, threw the ball very well. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we're like, ooh, he can throw it a lot better than he could the year before. The passing game is more effective than it was the year before. And I was like, that's going to be very dangerous. And it was. And then the running game was ridiculous. So, uh, I don't believe that that would have been the case. My two cents now, so you're, maybe, going VY, you're going VY, you're going VY over. I'll stick camp. to VY, I'll stick right. to VY. Okay. You got one game, mm-hmm. nine innings, 60 minutes, 48 minutes, meaning you got football, basketball, baseball, no matter the sport. Right. You got a one-man booth. 
Right. You take in either Kurt Gowdy or Vin Scully. Oh, Scully. Even for wow. anything. Yeah, I look, I like Kurt Gowdy, but Johnny, go back and listen. Yeah, Scully's good. <laughs> go Scully's back and good. no, go back to go back and listen to Gowdy, and you'll be like, Scully. Scully. Definitely Scully. I love listening to his voice, though. Kurt Gowdy's voice was I the know. voice of it I was know. uh <laughs> You know, and it's kind of like athletes themselves. Uh, I'm not saying announcers are better today, but they do certain things better, right? Yeah. Jim yeah. McKay doing the Olympics was so elite. And especially, look, when he, the way he handled the hostage situation in Munich was incredible. Oh, he I mean, was, just oh it's unreal. It gives so me chills. Good. Oh, he's so um, good. Is Costas a better announcer? Technically, yes. There, there's no, I mean, Costas is just about better than, everybody at everything you know yeah could probably do surgery i don't know but it's a you know broadcasting somebody once told me and i've used this line before he said broadcasters some people like blondes some people like brunettes david halberstam said that he's on twitter and he tweets yeah. about broadcasters but he's right you know a lot of it's yeah. subjective and it's who you like look dick stockton done i love dick stockton's voice i mean that's yeah. that voice is electric to me yeah you know certain voices do certain things for you uh, you know, Nance calling golf versus Dan Hicks versus Mike Tirico or whoever, yeah. you know, people have different, you know, cups of tea for different sports. Look, I, uh, Al Michaels is a tremendous football announcer. I think you look, I, I like listening to Joe Buck doing a football game. You know, I, I think yep. Nance does a pretty solid football game. I think Ian Eagle does a really solid, I love Tirico too. Like there are a lot of good guys, but I don't know. They're just different voices that you like. I think Scully, though, for all sports, Scully actually, I forget, he didn't do it for, did he do it for television? He called the catch. Yeah. But NFC Championship game. Yeah, television. All right. So he called it for television. Mm -hmm. And I think Jack Buck did it on the radio. Yes, that's true. That's correct. Okay. There we go. And did yeah, those Vince guys Scully. both do the Kirk Gibson home run? Yes. But in opposite fashion? Yeah. Because yes. Buck was doing the TV. And yes. So, oh, that was amazing. Now, those two guys did that. Is, did those two moments unbelievable man i hear kurt Gotti's voice though and i'm just like oh but you're right vince scully scully yeah you know just you know, absolutely amazing so gowdy did i told you this before i think the 87 replacement season the patriots he yeah. got the job to do patriots radio that year so he gets the job and all of a sudden it's replacements <laughs> not at a good time in his life either for this. <laughs> not yeah. good because like all brand new guys and this guy's a plumber yeah. from bill ricka and he's yeah. doing you know this guy's from shrewsbury and he's he's a plumber but he's a really good football player so he's gonna play left tackle on the patriots i mean whoa. oh that's awesome mark appreciate it thank you very much thanks johnny all right, we get back. We'll go around the NFL. Aaron Rodgers not at OTAs. What does it mean? We'll do that next on Texans All Access. We got one final segment this Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Glad to be with you. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. Hopefully it's nice and dry. Finally, hopefully we can get a couple of nice dry days. I don't know if that's the case, but i love to turn the last segment into Weather Channel, but we'll talk a little football and go around the NFL. I saw this news today, and actually, it's a team on the Texas schedule, but I can't wait to see Derwin James this year for the Chargers. He's really missed most of the last two years, and it's just been gut-wrenching because after a rookie year, I believe rookie year was 2018, he was phenomenal in 2018. 
and thought this guy is going to string together the career I thought he could. I had him, I had him, I think rated relatively high in the Harris 100 in 2018, and then he ended up going at 2016, or uh, I think it was number 16 to the Chargers. I thought, well, that's a great spot for him, Bosa, Melvin Ingram, and all these players. And now they got Chris Harris. I thought, boy, Derwin James is the piece that keeps it all together. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Season-ending injuries have just shut him down. But today, Brandon Staley said that the medical staff in L.A. has cleared him for everything. He'll be ready to go. And here's hoping that when the Texans face the Chargers later in the year, we do see Derwin James. Yeah, I know. I probably won't feel that way once I see Derwin James playing the way I think he can. But it's not a division opponent. There's certain guys around the league I cheer for just because I think they deserve it. And Derwin James is the kind of guy that definitely deserves to be on the field. A guy not on the field right now, and I know a lot is being made of it, is Aaron Rodgers. Now, he typically has been at OTAs. I think that's why this one is sort of resonating. We know what, if you've followed the NFL at all, we know that Aaron Rodgers has been not happy with the Packers and Brian Gunekis, the general manager there with Green Bay, but he typically has been at OTAs. Again, I say this about OTAs, and I know this will happen when we get a chance to go out to OTAs. There's going to be media members. I won't do it. I don't do this. Some media members are going to tweet, well, this guy's not here. This guy's not here. This guy... There's a word that goes with OTAs, and that's voluntary. But I think why this one kind of triggered for people was the fact that Aaron Rodgers is typically there. Even though it is voluntary, he is typically on hand. He is not. Not sure what that means with Green Bay. Look, we understand we got our own quarterback situation here. That There's not much that went on other than reiteration today about not being there for OTAs for Deshaun Watson. So we kind of get it in some sense. But it might be more work for Jordan Love. This is what the Packers, I guess, wanted maybe a year or two from now. Maybe not right away. But they eventually wanted Jordan Love to replace Aaron Rodgers. And maybe this is what's happening. Who knows? We'll see what happens uh, with this. There's so much smoke around the Broncos being interested in Rodgers. But uh, him not being there, I, I wouldn't lose a lot of sleep, I guess. They are voluntary. If he misses minicamp, that is mandatory, and that might be a different deal. But Aaron Rodgers not at OTAs. One team that has had some internal discussions, apparently, about Julio Jones. And this matters because Julio said there was a quarterback he wanted to play with. And it's not your usual suspects. It's not Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or uh, even Matt Ryan at that point. Julio Jones said he wanted to play with Cam Newton. And the New England Patriots have been having some internal discussions about bringing in Julio Jones. Holy smokes. They've already signed, I don't know how many free agents, I feel like they signed the entire league. John o. Smith, Hunter Henry at tight end. They brought in uh, Kendrick Bourne at wide receiver, uh, amongst others. Nelson Aguilar, they also signed. And you put Julio on that squad. Oh, boy. That could help out Cam or Mack. Or Stidham, or Hoyer. I don't know, they got four quarterbacks. We'll figure it out, I guess. But apparently they're talking about Julio Jones and what it would take to go get Julio, which would be very scary over in the AFC. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But I'd rather see it happen in New England than I would Indianapolis or Tennessee, I'll tell you that. All right, big thanks to Mark for being here. Joanna back in studio. To all of you guys for listening, thank you so much. It means so much 
for you guys to support us on a daily basis. Thank you again. We will see you tomorrow. And as always, go Texans.